On EWTN, the Catholic cable network, there is a long-running TV show called The Journey Home. And on the show, men and women from a variety of backgrounds tell their conversion stories, tell of their uh, journey home to the Catholic Church. So it's fitting that the show's host, a man named Marcus Grodi, is himself a convert. He had been a Presbyterian minister. And not long after he entered into ministry, he was faced with <clears throat> something of a crisis. Here, here's what he said. Every Sunday I would stand in my pulpit and interpret scripture for my flock, knowing that within a 15-mile radius of my church there were dozens of other Protestant pastors, all of whom believed that the Bible alone is the sole authority for doctrine and practice, but each was teaching something different from what I was teaching. Naturally, he began to ask himself, how can I be sure that what I'm preaching is the truth? And this, this isn't a frivolous question. This isn't an abstract question. I mean, God reveals truths necessary for salvation. He wanted to know and preach those truths, not someone's spin or opinion or worse. He didn't want to mislead those who trusted him. And he knew he would one day have to give an account to God, not just of how he lived his life, but how he led the people entrusted to his care. But he was deeply unsettled because since, as a Protestant, he too believed the Bible alone is the sole authority on doctrine and practice, he, was, he felt lost in a sea of contradictory opinions, not just among all the different denominations, but even within his own denomination, there were competing and contradictory opinions. It wasn't clear to him what the Bible exactly said on any number of issues. So he was deeply unsettled. Now, this dilemma, this crisis is eventually what sparked a, a, a long road that culminated with him becoming Catholic. But I mention his initial difficulty because it can give us some insight, I believe, into our first reading which shows a disagreement between two apostles that divided the early church. The disagreement was basically around the question of what, if any, role the Mosaic Covenant, the law of Moses, should have in the church. One apostle, St. James, preached that Gentiles, non-Jews who wanted to become Christian, Basically, first, they'd have to become Jewish. The men would have to be circumcised, subject themselves to the law of Moses, and then they could be baptized. Another apostle, Paul, taught the exact opposite. The Gentiles did not have to and shouldn't submit to the law of Moses, but could simply be baptized and enter the church. Both can't be right. One is preaching the truth. One is leading others astray. This division uh, grew to the point where it was brought to the leadership of the church, the apostles, the elders, the bishops, and the clergy united to Peter, the, the first pope, in Jerusalem at this great council to decide the issue. Right? That's what we see in our first reading. Now, when we look at how Marcus Grodi dealt with the difficulties, he found himself up a river without a paddle, so to speak, because he believed the Bible was the sole authority for doctrine. 
And there were all these wildly different opinions. The apostles, too, believed Scripture was authoritative. But they didn't believe it was the sole authority on matters of doctrine, as we see in this episode. You know, Scripture did not explicitly speak about this at the time of the events of Acts 15. Because at the time these events occurred, the apostles would have thought Scripture refers to the Old Testament. The New Testament had yet to be written in its entirety. And even once it was written, it would take a while, a couple of centuries, for the church to discern which books and letters were divinely inspired and ought to be included in the canon of Scripture. Yes, they believed Scripture is authoritative. They didn't believe it was the sole authority, and they couldn't, by Scripture alone, settle this issue. What else is there? Well, there's sacred tradition, apostolic tradition, all that Jesus taught the apostles that they handed on in their oral preaching and teaching. But here you have a problem, right? Because you have two apostles that are preaching contradictory things. The problem isn't with sacred tradition. It's with two competing interpretations of sacred tradition. God's revelation is him speaking and revealing these truths necessary for salvation. And there, that is the one source. And there are two streams that flow out of that one source, scripture and tradition. And neither of these could easily settle the issue. So what was left? This is when the magisterium, the teaching authority of the church, come into play. This is why the matter was brought to the church, and there was a great gathering of the apostles and the elders, the bishops and the clergy, united to Peter the first pope. And what happens? Well, we get a, a snapshot of it in our gospel. They say, it is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us, and the church goes on to say, the Gentiles do not have to be subject to the Mosaic law. It is the decision of the Holy Spirit in us. Some people might hear that and say, well, that's kind of arrogant. No, it's not. What did Jesus say in the gospel? He promised to the apostles that he would send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, to teach them and remind them of all that he had, he had uh, told to the apostles. That is what we see happening in our first reading. The apostles, gathered together as a body, are guided by the Holy Spirit to teach the truth on this matter of faith and morals. And this is what happens whenever the bishops united to the Pope, or sometimes the Pope alone, teach authoritatively on a matter of faith and morals. Down through the centuries, the guidance of the Holy Spirit prevents the church from officially teaching error, so that those truths God revealed as necessary for salvation might be kept intact and pass on down through the generations until Christ comes again. Scripture, tradition, the magisterium, we need all three of them. And we are made to know, love, and serve God, to have this deep and intimate relationship to him. We often talk about that in terms of, of a life of prayer or frequenting the sacraments. We can and should do those things. But something we overlook is engaging in his revelation, trying to understand and learn these truths he's revealed. This will in turn feed our life of prayer, feed our devotion to the sacraments, draw us near to him. Imagine if a friend wrote a letter, a heartfelt letter several pages long, and then texted you and said, hey, watch the mail, I'm sending you something. Maybe a month goes by, 
friend doesn't hear from you. He gives you a call. He says, hey, did you get that letter I sent? You said, yeah, I opened it. I just, I just haven't had time to read it. I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I mean, certainly, maybe we are incredibly busy. Maybe we had something come up. Maybe we don't value the relationship as we should. There is few things more profitable than seeking to know and understand these truths God has revealed as necessary for our salvation. Now, I'll admit it's not easy to read, say, the Bible or the Catechism, which gives us tradition, church teaching. It's not easy. And it's not easy for several reasons. One, we often feel we don't have the time. Another, just intellectually, can be difficult. But I think kind of the elephant in the room is that there are teachings that God reveals in Scripture, tradition, magisterium, that offend modern sensibilities. We can run through the litany of the so-called controversial teachings of the church, and the immorality of abortion or artificial contraception, teaching that marriage is only possible between one man and one woman. The modern world tells us gender is a social construct, something that a person can choose for themselves. But the church teaches us that God created us male and female, and that as creatures, we're not, we're not omnipotent. We simply can't manipulate, remake, or refashion reality however we so desire. Now, I know, of course, these, these so-called controversial teachings, they're not the sum total of God's revelation, but they are a stumbling block to many a person in the modern world. And if you're hearing me read off this litany and your instinct is to rebel against that, please believe me when I say this rebellion is spiritual poison. You know, how should we react when we face some difficulty internally with church teaching? We should react like St. James. St. James, who so vigorously argued that non-Jews, Gentiles who want to become Christian must be submitted to the Mosaic Law. He sincerely believed that was the truth. And the church authoritatively taught, no, you're wrong. And he did not rebel. He did not break away and start his own little church. He accepted it with humility and assented to it and preached it and taught it. He had the humility to accept an assent to the church's magisterium because he knows there is no true peace apart from the truth. Peace is a theme that runs throughout these readings. The peace that Christ offers us is not peace like the world gives it. The world thinks of peace as an absence of conflict. But just look at Christ's life. Conflict followed him wherever he went, and he didn't shy away from it. And he told us we would have conflict. He said, in the world you will have trouble, but take courage, I have overcome the world. No, the peace he offers us is the peace of knowing the truth of who we are, why we're here, what our purpose is. The truth of knowing that God loves us more than we can imagine and, and desires us to spend eternity with him in heaven in that new and eternal Jerusalem we hear about in that second reading. And if we remain unconvinced, unconvinced by the example of St. James, unconvinced by the connection between the supernatural peace Christ offers us and the truth, then let us turn to Our Lady, our spiritual mother, bringing our struggle to accept the fullness of God's revelation to her, to ask for the humility of St. James, and for the grace to realize 
There is no peace without the truth.